Hello and welcome back to the Weekend Spread presented by DraftKings. This is the Scooter Pods Weekly Pick Contest. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, as always, we got Ty Lee, Jameson Maxwell, and the captain himself, Boaten Blake. Once again, bringing up the rear on that poop deck. God, um, we're already throwing hands right at the beginning in the intro, are we? I, I've i been solid this year. It's just everybody has had a few differences that have raised them a little bit to the top. I know Jameson last week being completely contrarian actually did end up helping you in the end. It, it did, obviously, to keep but, you on top. But I, so, I missed two of those Island Boy ones right at the beginning with Miami and Auburn. And those weren't my helpful ones. I just was smart for the rest of the slate. Those were stupid picks. Yeah, um, J- but, Jameson, yeah. yeah, Jameson, uh, like, the, the two he went what you went one for two on island voice so like if you just mm-hmm. conformed you really if you conformed on miami and auburn you know you would have only lost uh, k-state which we all missed on yeah and the kansas state one kind of spooked me out a little bit looking at it with 14 and a half but we were so high on kansas state and by the eye test at the beginning of the season it looks like a team that could easily take out you know a two lane by over 14 and a half but it's clear they weren't looking towards that two-lane game at all. They were definitely looking forward to this OU game this weekend. Yeah, and I, I think the second Blake brought out the U.S. stat, I was like, okay, there's no way. But clearly not. I was wrong. So, uh, yeah, Blake, do you want do you want, do you, do you need some time to uh, to gloat here about you know K State oh, yeah. climbing? Yes, I just told like. There was some egregious rhetoric on last year's weekend spread where Bobby at one point said that Chris Kleiman is a better coach than Dave Aranda, which it's fine to say Chris Kleiman is a good coach, but in typical Bobby fashion, he has to escalate his take like five times more than it should be. (laughs) They don't get up for these smaller opponents. Like, I get that they get up for the big dogs, but Tulane, I think, is a solid american team probably middle to bottom of the pack and lost at home that is embarrassing (laughs) and bobby should feel ashamed of himself for that take and then having like k-state like Stuart mandel like like very much the conversation it's close it's close we all pumped the brakes on the k-state conversation and you went all gas and you probably you had them in like your top two or three i had them i had them in my top three a lot of people had them in their championship which i think is a little much but well yes that one step here's the thing blake it's still on the table for k-state even after that loss that's true like you said game that's true conference conference slate is in full effect at this point except for y'all of course who are, you know, playing your future conference mates, SMU. Yep. And I do have a uh, an OU burner in my account today, repulling my tweet, responding to the Stuart Mandel article, saying I, like, I would bet my life that TCU ends up with a better record than Kansas. And I'm starting to get a little worried there. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> that take is floating out there in the ether. And people <laughs> keep That's on bringing funny. it up. So, <laughs> I'm a little nervous about that one, but uh, somebody brought that back. one back up on my timeline, so. It's hanging in the back like a horror movie villain. I love it. But, uh, Ty, um, so, actually pretty good week for you, except you used your pot of greed, and unfortunately, it became the first ever pot of greed to fail. Uh, that was Notre Dame minus 11. They won a close game with Cal. What do you have to say about the Irish? What the, what the hell? 
what, what yeah, was Notre that? Dame is Notre Dame is bad, bad. They are bad, bad, bad. I thought certainly, certainly they would bounce back and recover. And won. They won a game finally uh, against Cal, but a close one against Cal is just at home inexcusable. Inexcusable. Notre Dame, bad, bad. Notre Dame might not make a bowl theory is in full effect because now I don't see how they're going to beat North Carolina, how they're going to beat Clemson, how they're going to beat uh, – they're not going to beat USC, all the other people on their schedule – uh, I think we could seriously be looking at a Notre Dame not making a bowl this year, which I would consider uh, fair after Ooh. what they did to me. But other than that, um, you know, I I got what I deserved, I suppose. I I went against my beloved Oregon Ducks, thinking that I was being smart and not going with my heart. I'm a known Oregon sympathizer. I picked against <laughs> them, and I suffered for it. Obviously, reactionary to that Georgia performance. I think I mentioned that on the pod, and then. You know, K-State fooled all of us, uh, should have known better. Houston, you know, once again, I, I wasn't necessarily fooled by Houston, but by uh, by old Dana himself. So, And, and hey, look, I wa- you weren't alone. Your USC pick hit for wild card. Uh, my wild card was the only one to, hit, to miss uh, Air Force minus 15 against Wyoming. They lost straight up. Never touch Wyoming. What did I, what was I thinking? Uh, sometimes you, you, that is just something you can't meddle with. They will always burn you. So, um, yeah, you damn it, Air Force. Me. You joined me in some Wyoming hate. Now you understand. I, I, I get it. I, I'm but with do you, you remember, Jameson. you remember how I got my backdoor covered? You just lost straight up to them. My backdoor yeah. cover last year was that kickoff return in just <laughs> absolute trash time that covered the spread that, oh my God, yeah, I've been burned actually... like a couple times by kickoff returns and trash time. You got actually like robbed on that one. You were the garbage I was just straight man. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But um, anyways, let's uh, dive into this slate. It's a really weird one. Um, not a lot of big lines. Only two, I believe, uh, double digit lines. Um, and a lot of these within three points. So uh, looking forward to getting into these. But let's start it out with ABC's early game. It is the Clemson Tigers heading to Winston-Salem to face the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, uh, Clemson favored by seven on the road. Uh, all lines provided by our partners, DraftKings Sportsbook, of course. So make sure to check that out with promo code TPPN. Tell you, I enjoyed the hell out of doing that. Uh, driving up through Kansas, just pop a couple, pop a couple bets in on the ride up. You know, wait to drive back through uh, and then uh, cash out. So, um, which is something I would have done if I would have actually won my bets, but uh, I didn't. So anyways, let's dive into this one. And, um, you know, I, I think I'll go ahead and start here as I currently lead the slate. Um, 21-14, Ty is second at uh, 20 and 15. Jameson, 19 and 15. Boat and Blake uh, sitting at 500 at 17 and 17. So we're doing well. But um, look, I, y'all know how much I love Wake Forest, how much I enjoy betting Wake Forest. The Demon Deacons are very fun. Uh, Sam Hartman's cool, but at the same time, I feel like this Clemson team just has better athletes, a better defense, and they beat Wake Forest, uh, I believe, 13 straight times. So they have the Demon Deacons number by far here. So I, I'm just going to go with the safe pick and just go with Clemson minus seven here. I think that's uh, a very acceptable line. This game last year, um, Clemson, one of the worst Clemson teams in recent memory, uh, beat probably the best Wake Forest team in a long time, like 
solidly by like 20 points. So I, I think Clemson, even though they're going on the road, I think they get a solid win, really establish a little bit of rhythm here, even though they've been shaky the whole way through. Ty, who do you got? Yeah, I like Clemson in this one. Um, not a whole lot of analysis. I, I don't really follow either team, but uh, yeah, I will take Clemson minus seven in this one. Fair. Jameson, who you got? Yeah, I'm also going to go Clemson, and I know Wake Forest got a lot of hype with the return of Sam Hartman, but he returned from you know the rare clotting uh, thing in his arm pretty quickly. And we thought everything was well whenever he went out for like four touchdowns and zero interceptions versus Vanderbilt. But last week versus Liberty, he threw two interceptions. And that does not make me feel good coming up against a team like Clemson. I feel pretty good about this line at seven. Fair enough. Blake, who do you got? Yeah, I really wanted to choose Wake uh, just because they're such a fun team. But the thing that worries me about Clemson is something Bobby said uh, that last year Wake had a really good squad, very similar to this one, and I think Clemson was worse on offense, maybe a little bit stronger on defense, but pretty similar and just absolutely clobbered them. Uh, Wake's uh, performance last week versus Liberty 2 was also really disappointing to me. They got up big at halftime and then kind of let Wake Forest just creep, or Liberty, sorry, Liberty creep back in. I just can't imagine like I don't think DJU is a very good quarterback but if they get in any issues they're just gonna pull the plug and go cake club Nick and that's game over so this one's too risky for me uh even with the seven so I'm just gonna take Clemson safe we know it's a good defense and Wake's defense hasn't been able to stop anything this year yeah so unanimous sweep for the Clemson Tigers there um I think we're all just kind of playing it safe at this stage which is fair but let's move on to our next game, the Florida Gators heading to Rocky Top to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. And, you know, this line, Tennessee's favorite by 10 and a half, number that would probably have surprised us a couple weeks ago. But, Blake, you and I, you specifically, I know, are have been real big on Anthony Richardson. Uh, I've, I've been trailing uh, that as well. Andy Staples loves him as well. I, 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 I fell into the trap. But Anthony Richardson, as he always does, immediately just doesn't look good right after a, a, an all-out performance. So um, do you still have faith in AR not 15 uh, to you know bounce back and get a good performance here after that absolute stinker of a performance against South Florida? Yeah, I'm very much worried because, honestly, the last two matchups have really inspired uh, no confidence in Florida with me. Uh, one versus Kentucky. I don't really like that Kentucky offense or Will Levis, and they were still able to drive the ball on them. And then last week, USF. I, I'm i a Gary Bohannon stan. I love him, but you should not be in a single-digit game versus USF. Like He is by far their best player, and you should be driving the ball on an in-state rival. And, but when I saw the spread, I'm like, is this too many points? Like, is 10.5 too many points? I start to think about it. Tennessee's offense has been incredible this year. They've been putting up massive numbers. It's similar to what we saw last year, but we're getting that extra year of experience, which I think has been awesome. And, like, we saw it against Pitt. They got down early, able to come back. This offense can drive. Tennessee's defense can't stop anything. Florida's defense can't stop anything. So it really is. It's like this is Anthony Richardson putting this team on his back. 
and you know what? I'm gonna take him. If I I cannot just leave my boy out to dry while he is in the lowest point of his life, I will say this. Florida has won 16 of the last 17 matchups. This game is going to be close. There's been some really bad Florida teams. Granted, there's been a lot of bad Tennessee teams within that spot. But I can't give up on my man while he is down. I think 10 and a half points. Too many points for a rivalry game. Give me the Gators. <laughs> Fair enough. We have the chomp on the stream going. I love to see it. Uh, Jameson, do you share Blake's enthusiasm at uh, Florida covering the spread? Yeah, I got a trivia question for you, Blake. What is uh, AR-15, Anthony Richardson's uh, touchdown-to-interception ratio, uh, passing touchdown-to-interception ratio on the season? Uh, do, do you know? Oh, man, he is on My mute. Oh! He's, the fifth. Oh. He's, he's a man of the law. He knows his fifth amendment. I, silent. <laughs> I was actually not unmuted. Then I muted myself trying to unmute myself. It's, it's, uh, I guess it's, can you even do, or I guess you could do the math. Wait, can you even do the math? I can't remember. Can you divide by zero? You, which can zero not be the top or the bottom number? <laughs> touchdown, <laughs> touchdown to interception ratio. I know it's zero divided by Over. four. Yeah. So but is that zero. an impossible number? No, is no, that the impossible zero. zero? Like, I, that's okay, good. Zero. Okay, because you if, you can't divide by zero, right? That's yes, the rule. If you, okay, right, that's right. what, Let's let me let me dumb this down for the lawyer. If you have four pieces of pie, but you choose to take zero of them, you would have zero of four of the pieces of pie. Mm, no, yes, but no, you're not because, talking about the ratio. Said, he has possession oh of four pieces of okay. pie, right? Okay, the if, they, if there, if there the is four pieces of pie, I'm sorry. Maybe I should learn grammar instead of math. Um, what I'm trying to say is this dude is not throwing a passing touchdown the whole year. And when I talk about the past two games, he hasn't even rushed for a touchdown the past two games. That worries me so, so much. I, I just I just don't understand where the hype is. South Florida is not a good team. I'm going to take Tennessee here, 10 and a half. Fair enough. Ty, who do you got? So I'm assuming that you guys, I didn't go to school with you guys uh, when we were younger, but I'm assuming that at recess, people played football. And it's sort of a common thing. I think anyone can resonate with the recess football story in elementary, say. Well, that's when recess is. But uh, you have that one kid that is a very good quarterback. He's a very flashy, you know, he's the Heisman winning quarterback of your second grade football team. But that kid was held back twice. He should be in fourth grade. And when he plays with the fourth graders, he's not a very good quarterback. That's Anthony Richardson. I said it before. I said at the start of the season when y'all were hyping him up because he did like some weird 360 jump pass thing with no one around him against some just garbage team. Or maybe it was a run. Utah. I don't even know. Utah. Yeah. And the second that he did that, I was like, yeah, that's not going to fly and against actual opponents. And then it didn't even work against Kentucky. Kentucky defenders were roasting this man online, and he had nothing <laughs> to say back to them because they were right. I think they called him hot dog water or something. Uh, exactly hot not dog good. water. It's going to continue to get worse, okay? So personal attacks aside, this line I think is a little bit too high because we all know that we're dealing with Josh Heupel in Tennessee, which is just – two of the biggest combination factors of lots of hype. This is going to get really disappointing really fast. And this Florida team has been shown to have some promise. So I'm, I'm very torn with this one. I could see this game going 
either way, you know, Anthony Richardson slander aside, I could see Florida winning this by 14. If I turned on the scores and saw that, I wouldn't be surprised personally. I'd be disappointed because I'm taking Tennessee here. What? But, uh, I like Tennessee. Oh, AR fifteen is you not said you good. Think Florida could win by four. Yeah, they could. But I'm, just, could. Yeah, I'm saying that I'm, it's a I'm rivalry speaking, game. I'm speaking to it's the true. lack of confidence in my pick here. Uh, but the the one thing I know for certain is that regardless of outcome, Anthony Richardson is garbage and is going to get mauled throughout the season against the teams that are competent that he plays against, and that touchdown interception ratio is going to continue to get worse. Or maybe not, depending on whether or not you can divide. Just stays uh, the same. Yeah. Just stays yeah. the same. It's still zero. <laughs> so yeah, no matter how many interceptions he throws in this game, his touchdown to interception ratio mathematically will not get any worse. So there is that. It means he has free interceptions. Throw. He has free interceptions to give out. Yeah, he has free picks until he throws a touchdown. It's uh, it's honestly yeah. bad. The game it's is bad. broken. <laughs> game broken. It's... We need a patch. It is bad if your quarterback does not have interceptions. That means they are taking long shots. They're trying to go for it. They're trying to win games. If not, you're just playing safe. You're just trying to be a game manager. You don't want that as a quarterback. You don't want that for that high ceiling potential. I oh love a guy that can throw some interceptions. So you're I, gonna you're gonna be oh that dad goodness. that you're gonna get mad at your son that he didn't get five fouls in his basketball game. That is <laughs> yes, you gotta Cause like he, if cause he you're not that trying, problem. you're not trying. If you're making mis- like if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying. You're just trying to not make mistakes. You're not trying to go for the championship. That championship level team. That's what I like out of a quarterback is a gunslinger. I don't want no game manager like Will Levis. Will like, Levis ain't taking. Them anywhere. Like, I don't hey, want this to is, win. Hey, this is why your teams always lose. This is oh what gunslinger. This is All right. Okay. Tell me how brilliant. Okay. Defense. Tell me. Does, does a does a man who slings guns uh, pass for the most on the year 168 yards? He went 168 yards versus Utah. 143 versus Kentucky. Oh, it keeps going down. Is that dual threat versus South Florida? Dual threat, and he has. Yeah, but he got no targets. He has no wide receivers out there giving him help. <laughs> so he's just trying his best, but at least he's still trying to make plays, which you can't give up on. That is a winner's mentality right there. It's just never give up, even when you don't have the weapons. Okay. I like that out of Anthony Richardson. Okay. Your <laughs> Honor, my client pleads winner's mentality. He got that never dog in up. him. Oh my god. <laughs> all right, so here's my here's my take on it. Well, I do like Anthony Richardson, all right. I, I, I just... You know, the worst place where you can bust a slump, uh, you know, let's see. It's been it's been rough. Lose, <laughs> lose to Kentucky, almost lose to South Florida at home. By the way, every game they played this season has been in the swamp. So you're, tr- you're trying to tell me they're going to bust the slump, this slump, the, this patch of bad performance. They're going to do that at Neyland Stadium that is going to be packed to the gills, ranked 11th. Has all that energy. Hendon Hooker's flinging that damn ball around. You can't tell me. I I just, I have no faith in Florida to get, this is the worst place possible for Florida to get their feet back under them and try to make some progress. I think this 10 and a half is uncomfortable, but I like Tennessee here to cover this spread. Um, I'm not, I'm not like over the moon happy about 10 and a half. I wish it, I wish I could get, you know, this at like seven, obviously, but like, yeah, I, hell, I would take 10 
I just buy the extra point and you feel better. So give me Tennessee minus 10 and a half though. Um, I, I, I like the uh, balls here uh, at home with a wild, wild atmosphere. So. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Let's move on to our next game. We've got Arkansas and Texas A&M playing this one at uh, good old Jerry World. Uh, Aggies only favored by one and a half after uh, scraping out a win against uh, Miami. And look, I, I've been on the Hogs a lot this season. Last week against um, against Bobby Petrino was not uh, encouraging, to, uh, to say the least, against Bobby Petrino's uh, Missouri State team. But at the same time, I feel like they got things figured out, um, especially, you know, after we found out that the uh, Beyond Meat CEO uh, or COO bit a dude's nose uh, in frustration to it. So they're clearly mad about their performance. Um, I don't like Texas A&M at all. I think their offense is sluggish, outdated, bad. Um, I think, I think Miami was a bit overrated. Uh, so that result was not a shock to me. And, you know, I, I think Arkansas, um, I think they're just a better team. I think they're better balanced. And I think they get a, I think they get a solid win here. So give me Arkansas plus one and a half here. Uh, Ty, who do you got? Good God. Arkansas is ranked 10th. Yeah, how? I guess so. How? Is it, who is, is making beat? these rankings? This uh, is absurd. I don't. The like, who press. Can, various uh, writers no, that don't news. watch all the games. The fake Since news. <laughs> the fake news media. Who did they? They beat. Oh, they beat a commuter school that should not be ranked. They beat <laughs> Spencer Rattler, and they beat uh, Missouri State, barely. Well, they beat them by 11, which it's Missouri State, so that's barely. But I they guess struggled. A, it's an in-state they had, rivalry. They had so. to score 21 in the fourth quarter to get it done. Yeah, like Good they were losing God. most of that game. Yeah. They were losing they, that they game. They should have lost that game. Give me Texas A&M. I, again, Texas A&M has, is much you know, disappointing this year. I don't know why anyone believes in them. I guess because they, they upset Bama last year. One of the biggest upsets that's ever occurred in college sports. I don't think a bigger underdog has has beat uh, a team like that. But uh, yeah, I like AM in this one. I think that we're getting to that point in the season where the teams sort of right themselves and, and all becomes right in the world and, and the balance is reached. Arkansas, I like to call Arkansas, and I'm making this up as I speak. 
I like to call Arkansas the Wisconsin of the South. And it's because both teams wear red. Both teams are underwhelming. Both teams think that they're going to make the championship. They generally have a pretty decent run at the start of the season. People start to buy into them. And then they were like, oh, yeah, it's Arkansas, Wisconsin. They lose the rest of their games. Uh, so give me Texas A&M here. I think they just have better athletes and they have better coaches and they faltered a little bit. But certainly they will recover. This is the same justification I used last week for Notre Dame. But A&M is in a <laughs> much, much better position than Notre Dame is right now. So give me the Aggies. Jameson, who you like? Oh, my God. Hey, I, Wisconsin it's that Bila- Big Ten championships. It's the Brett Bielema connection with the with the red. They have the same type of red, kind of. Yeah. Okay, let me say this. This is the most confident I am on all these picks. I feel really good about Texas A&M here. I watched that very closely versus the Miami, uh, that Miami game. And while, yes, it seems like they're stagnant a lot of the times, I kind of like what Max Johnson brought to that team. I feel like he created a change of pace, and I understand his stats really don't show it. But I feel like there were a lot of things that just didn't break his way at the last second that kind of fizzled out drives. I think minus one and a half is very generous versus a team like Arkansas that let Missouri State handle them for three and a half, like three and a quarter quarters. That's just ridiculous. I love texting him here. Fair enough. Blake, who do you got? Yeah, I'm siding with Jamison uh, and Ty here, but I'm not as confident as Jamison is. I think these teams are very similarly matched in a sense. I think Arkansas, if you look at them, the great thing they've been able to do this year is just run the ball. Both KJ Jefferson, both, uh, I can't remember, Raheem Sanders, I believe, is their running back. Awesome on the running offense this year, but like... I will say this, like Arkansas, they defended the run fine, but they cannot defend the pass to save their life. But you look at kind of the flip side of the coin of Texas A&M, I think Max Johnson is the way better quarterback just because he's not turning the ball over all the time, which is Haynes King wasn't taking shots. He wasn't a gunslinger. He was conservative and still was and still was getting interceptions. That's not what I want to see out of my quarterback. The lefty, <laughs> I hate backing lefty. Lefty quarterbacks is unnatural. Don't like it. But I will say this. A&M's defense looks good still. They mucked it up versus a really good quarterback. One of the better quarterbacks in the nation, I would say, with Tyler Van Dyke, who, yes, he doesn't have many weapons, mm. but... I did not like the eye test with Tyler Van Dyke, but keep going. Yeah, but I it's against one of the I think one of the better defenses in the nation without his top receiver. I can give him a little bit of a pass, but like AM made him look really bad. Uh AM has won, I believe, like before last year, they've won just like quick mass, like nine straight in this matchup. Like they've been really dominant in this uh in this uh, rivalry. So I this game is always close, but the point spread's also close this year. So give me AM. Arkansas won this game last year. That's what I said. I said besides <laughs> oh, well, I besides said besides yeah, sorry, last sorry. year sorry, they've bad, won like one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, you're right. No, they won nine in a row. They won nine in a row. My bad, my bad. I missed uh, miss a very important qualifier there on my end. Our live commenters have started to catch on, but I noticed this as well. I've been keeping notes. So far through the podcast, Blake has described the worst possible quarterback that you can have as someone that <laughs> cannot scramble, 
has not thrown any interceptions and is lefty, which is <laughs> Tilling Gabriel to a T. <laughs> and I don't disagree. I just thought it was funny to bring up because I don't think he's been doing it on purpose, but it would be brilliant if he's been planting little Dylan Gabriel facts each pick. I will say I haven't been a Dylan Gabriel fan ever since the UCF Boise State game at home when he screwed me with some of the all-time worst decision-making I've ever seen last year. I still don't trust that man. I know he's been playing good so far and OU and Sooner Nation on high on him, but I have seen him in those pressure spots and it's bad. It is not good. He scrambled for like 200 yards or something like that did great on the great on his legs but i feel like he's trying to rely on the pass a little bit more but we shall see hey he hasn't turned the ball over yet so far this season so knock on wood but conservative um, don't like that i I will say blake i I, one one final question on this and i know we don't do totals but uh this one's 48 and a half um and i see the comments kind of going off on um on arkansas's defense I think I, I feel kind of good about that total going over. I I'm with you there. I think we could e- easily see a game in the fifties here. I like I like what Arkansas can do with the run game. I think they're going to put up points, and I think Max Johnson gives them enough of a boost that we're going to see A and M start to move the ball a little bit more. Like Jimbo, I think has an antiquated offense, but he's been running this offense for years, and A and M's been an eight and four team and a solid one at that. Like. We forget they beat Bama last year, so it's not like this team can put points on the board. It's just they've kind of really, really, really struggled to put them on the board out of the gate. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game for sure. I I don't think this is going to be decided uh, as a blowout either way. Kind of hate that it's going on during the OU game, in fact, because I feel like this would be a fun one to watch. But anyways, let's move on to our Big 12 slate, kind of. We start with a Thursday night tilt. We have West Virginia heading to Virginia Tech. Either this is Thursday or Friday. I'm pretty sure it's Thursday. West Virginia heading to Blacksburg. Yeah, thank you. To take on the Hokies. Uh, Mountaineers favored by two and a half here. Um, Blake, how are we feeling about this one? West Virginia has looked a bit shaky. Uh, How are they going to handle, you know, the the Hokies and inter Sandman and all that. This is a rivalry game after all. They, I think they play for like a, a small rock or something. Yep. Some oh, sort of coal. Oh, it is the black. It is the black diamond trophy. Ah, there you go. Exclusive. They play, they play for a rock. I think you have to. That came off wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have to uh, spend $12,000 in your first year on qualifying purchases to even be eligible for the black diamond trophy. Fair enough. <laughs> credit credit card joke didn't hit. Didn't hit. <laughs> I, didn't, I liked it. <laughs> you might say it's been declined. Uh, but Blake. Oh, God. Oh, God. That was good. That was good. It was better than the original one. Uh, Blake, who do you got in this one? Yeah, I'm loving some Virginia Tech this year. Keep me with the theme of the show. I do not like what JT Daniels has done this year. I think he's, I saw the advanced analytics on him this week. I think he's thrown seven plays or seven passes that were big game, big breaker passes, and only like three that could be intercepted. I don't like that. He's playing it safe. He's checking it down. (laughs) Really where West Virginia is better at is the run game, but they refuse to rely on that. And I can't trust my old Big 12 brain, cannot trust a team that has lost to Kansas, and especially that allowed 40-something points to Kansas. 
I love Grant Wells. 55. 55, yes, 50, we're into the 50-burger to Kansas. I love Grant Wells on uh, Virginia Tech. He was Marshall's old quarterback, big boomer bust like I like, big <laughs> interceptions, big touchdowns, but you know what? With these close rivalry games, that's what I like. JT Daniels, he's just trying to preserve his draft stock at this point, try not to make too many sa- uh, mistakes, but Grant Wells, he's going out there throwing the big bombs. I like Virginia Tech. Great home atmosphere. I think Neil Brown is fired by I guess it's Thursday game but fired by this weekend give me Virginia Tech yeah and I'll, I'll get to that whenever I get to my segment but Jameson who you feeling what do you mean West Virginia it's a Thursday game did you not learn from the last Thursday game when they th- threw like a pretty good game I thought I thought other than that pick six West Virginia was really commanding against Pitt um, Virginia Tech lost to Old Dominion. Let's not forget about this. Yes, but to... Hudson, the Golden Retriever, is on their <laughs> side. True. The unstoppable mascot, the dog with Crocs and goggles. So yes, and I West think Virginia that West has Virginia. No dog. Yeah, West Virginia does not have a dog. They just have a weird bearded man who runs around on the sidelines. But no uh, you got you got you got to remember this that I feel like West Virginia is really getting pushed down because people still aren't buying into Kansas. I really don't. And them losing to Kansas is a huge red flag on their resume. And to be honest with you, this is a different Kansas team. It's one of the best offenses right now in college football. It's ridiculous. West Virginia on a Thursday. I understand this line is moving towards Virginia Tech, but I'm going to stick on the Big 12 side. Fair enough. Uh, Ty, who do you got? Yeah, so this one, I'm excited for this one because I like the line. I like that juicy, juicy 2.5. I like the uncertainty, like Blake was saying. This one, who knows? It's boom or bust. It's sort of a rivalry. It's in a really interesting place uh, to play. One thing that really jumped out to me when I was reading about this was uh, Virginia Tech specifically. So like we talked about, they opened up their season with a loss uh, to Old Dominion, which is in-state. It's it's a little farther south down by the beach. And then they beat a winless Boston College team by seven points. And then they beat a team called Wooford. And they appear to have like a little dog. Wooford, the Terriers. Come on, Bobby uh, loves Which does Wofford. not, I don't do think Wofford. that's, certainly that's not D1. And they only beat them by. They are D1. They, they are. Scored, when they, they only scored 27 points on that team. So I do have some apprehension with Virginia Tech. And then obviously we're all familiar with West Virginia, a, a tough loss to Pitt in a really rough game. Uh, a real, real tough loss to Kansas. I'm not sure what Jameson was saying there when he said people haven't bought into the Kansas hype or, or something like that. It was starting to sound like Jameson was, uh, is becoming a Kansas stand. And then, but West Virginia has put up 30 plus points in each of their games. And Virginia Tech just worries me because they have what they call a lunch pail defense. Uh, which sounds like you bring your own plays or you bring your own equipment or something. I don't know. Uh, So I wasn't sure. So I dug into it deeper and they said they have a blue collar approach because nothing screams blue collar to me, like people playing a recess game for pay at a a university that costs tens of thousands of dollars each year and uh, has a 50% acceptance rate. So uh, I got to go with my blue collar pay for playboys over in Virginia tech. And uh, I got to go with the little guy because certainly, you know, they're taking the blue collar approach against West Virginia. So what could go wrong? Give me Virginia. Tech. Ooh, give me Island. Give me Island. 
Yeah, no, uh, Jameson, you're going to be on the island here for sure, because um, I don't know. I, I don't know why. Uh, I feel like nobody's talking about Neil Brown getting the axe. There's a lot of people on the hot seat, Georgia Tech, for example, uh, Colorado, a lot of schools where things are bad. But I, I feel like Neil Brown, it's just not working. Um, so I, I feel like this is a situation they, they beat someone just atrocious last week. Towson. Um, so they got back on the, they didn't really get back on track. So my thing with West Virginia, we've, we've been shorting them all season long. Um, except for Jameson. I feel like Jameson's was the only one that liked West Virginia to start the season and they have been worse than I expected. I, I, I feel like this is a death, death knell for Neil Brown. Um, Blacksburg is going to be absolutely hopping. This is one of those games where atmosphere can really just change everything. And I feel like it's 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 going to trend that way for uh, Virginia Tech. I think they'll have that energy. I think they get a win here uh, uh, at home on Thursday night. Uh, and there's something weird about those night games too. This is this is a a, a very big Easty game. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think uh, I think I think the Hokies get the win here. Um, I especially it's a home dog. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. So Vatek is the move neil brown sorry you tried your best moving on to an in-conference matchup we got the baylor bears heading to iowa state who are favored by three for some reason uh this one is a mystery and i feel like every time baylor and iowa state play like there's always some weirdness there's always weirdness with this game and i looked into it i i i took a look at the stats against the spread Baylor has covered the past four games against Iowa State. And I remembered why I, like why that felt weird because I always pick Iowa State. I always pick Iowa State to cover against Baylor, no matter how good Baylor is. And they always lose. So now that I have a good Baylor team against Iowa State, you, you really think I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna change my ways? Or do you really think I'm not going to change my ways, rather? And you know, like ride with Iowa State. Like, I, I, I'm going to Baylor here. I think Baylor gets a cover on the road. This line's too small. Uh, Iowa State, a little bit overhyped from that uh, Iowa win. I'm not feeling them. Give me the Bears. I, I think they can handle this. Uh, they cover for a fifth straight season. Ty, who do you got? Is Baylor good this year? I don't think they're bad. Mm, but that's different than being good. Uh, but yeah, I think this one, the lines are, I think they're very reactionary to the past two big games that we saw with these teams. I think this Baylor line is being influenced by their performance at BYU. And like Bobby said, I think the Iowa State line is being influenced by their performance at Iowa, which I think is absolutely brilliant because I think almost certainly Baylor is the move here. I, I really don't you know, uh, the, the meta Matt Campbell is a coward jokes, which he is. That's not a joke, uh, aside. Um, I think I, I don't see how you could look at any metric and not go with Baylor, uh, to win. So if Iowa state's favored by three, uh, that means that Baylor (laughs) covers, I'm really off my game today, but I, I like the bears. I better coaching, better players, better performance on the better product being put out on the field, any sort of metric that I could really look at. I like Baylor. I, yeah, I guess someone in the, 
Uh, Richard Young brings up a good point in our comments. Baylor, I guess, has gone three games with no throw over 21 yards. It's because they haven't played trash coaches like Matt Campbell yet. So they've been playing <laughs> good coaches like whoever is coaching Jake's at the places Spavital. that they've been playing. Yeah, Albany. Uh, Spavital, wherever like that the guy, is. The guy at Texas State. <laughs> Fighting spaz, the yeah. fighting spaz. They'll turn yeah. it around yeah. eventually. Boca lost, yeah, I like... Boca lost forty-two to seven. By the way, so good on good on us for ignoring that. Exactly. They didn't want to throw. It would just be rude to throw over twenty-one yards against Texas State. So, uh, yeah, give me the Bears in in this one. I think if if you're really looking for a game to to throw some money on an underdog this weekend. This might be the one to do your own research on and take a serious look at because I think the Bears are, are great in this one. And, yeah, yeah, I would get it before we're recording on Wednesday. I think this one might I, – I could see this one being 1.5 at kickoff. Still for it's Iowa two State. Two and a half but, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see this one trending, yeah, so jump on that now. It's been it's been really the, the the lines this week have been very weird. They've been going up and down, but we 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 got we uh, locked these in earlier today on Wednesday. So, Jamison, who do you got in this one? I'm going to say this straight up. I don't think Baylor's as good as everyone's been talking about this whole year. I had a close microscope on them because Bobby said we weren't going to talk about the Texas State Baylor game. I watched that whole thing. I had two TVs up um, during the OU <laughs> Nebraska game, and I watched the whole game. And even though Baylor ended up covering, it was sloppy and they did not look good. Texas State, I kept putting the graphic in, in our group text. Texas State had like seven drives in Baylor territory and only converted one touchdown because they were turning the ball over or something weird happened. It was weird. I did not like what Baylor showed. Here's the problem. I've already been talking bad about Iowa State as well. I think Iowa State could win this game. I'm just not confident enough to say that it will be over three points. I think Baylor's the safer play, but I hate this pick, honestly. I don't think it is clear-cut, as y'all are saying. And I I will say, I'm definitely weirded out by it. Like, Iowa State being favored by three is weird. I I don't I'm not betting this one at all. I I know Ty is like confident in it, but you know it, it's one of those where like Vegas will throw a line out like this, and I just you, you just you learn to know what's garbage. And this one feels like a bit of garbage. I, I don't know. Uh, that's where I disagree. I don't think this one is garbage. I think Iowa State should be favored, and that is why I'm taking the Cyclones. I don't think. The Iowa final score is not indicative of how Iowa State played that game. They had so many scoring opportunities that were just Iowa first forced turnovers. And, like, turnovers happened, but Iowa put themselves, or Iowa State, sorry, put themselves in great positions consistently throughout that game and, like, almost blew out Iowa, who I think is a great defense. I watched that whole BYU-Baylor game. And the thing that scares me is I don't think this coaching staff is really in love with Blake Shapin in big moments. We kind of, like, I talk about last year in the Big 12 championship when Blake Shapin came out, lit OSU on fire. But then he's kind of his poor play allowed OSU to get back in that game and almost win it. Like, Baylor obviously won it, and that kind of gets erased from history, but... Blake Shapin looked rattled against that BYU defense, and I don't think they come close to this Iowa State defense. And, like, it's... They have to rely on the run. Like, Baylor went... I think they ran 51 run plays by the end of the game. Iowa State has been incredible by the, uh, against the run this year. Like, I know it's Ohio. I know that, like, 
they're a Mac team, not very good, but they tried to run the ball 22 times last game, 24 yards. This oh. Iowa State defense is really good. They were really good last year and just kind of got overshadowed by the fact that, oh, they didn't live up to expectations. They were supposed to be kind of the Big 12 dark horse of the year. But this year, it's like they bring back that same offense. I don't think Hunter Deckers is as good as Brock Purdy, but weird things happen at Iowa State. And unlike Ty, I actually believe that Matt Campbell is like a decent coach and a good coach, especially one that has brought so much, like, we used Iowa State used to be Kansas. Like they were Kansas for the longest time. I understand this line. I think these teams are pretty even right about now. Three points with a good Iowa State home crowd. I'm taking the Cyclones. Yeah, Iowa State's three three five is it's definitely something to be feared. Yeah. Yeah, I I object, first off, as it is known, and, and we cannot have misinformation on this podcast. It is known oh, that never. Matt Campbell is a decent coach. Okay. That is why he is a coward. He's a coward because he's afraid to go anywhere else where he will be exposed as the garbage coach that he truly is. Okay, so Thank can you. I ask you this, Ty? If he went to Nebraska to yes. try to re- to rebuild Nebraska, would he still be a coward? As like an assistant for Urban Meyer? No, <laughs> no, like to, to, to try to turn the ship around, to be the yes. head guy. Would no. he still be a coward? No. There you go. No, right. even if he was underperformed and then you know was bad that's what the whole the whole matt campbell is a coward thing for those who are unfamiliar originated well like two years ago when he was like refusing to take uh other job sort of interviews and stuff even though he was clearly at the peak of his iowa state so i mean they're not going to reach the heights that they were at uh ever again i they might make you know some sort of run when the big 12 becomes a a group of six conference when the good teams leave uh, but it wouldn't be the same. You know, that's like a hollow, hollow vic. That's like when you win the argument in your head in the shower, you know, six hours after uh, losing the argument. Uh, that's that's like the equivalent of Iowa State winning anything in the Big 12 after OU leaves. So, yeah, it is known. Go. There you go. It is known, I guess. Ta- okay, so talking about a uh, group of six uh, conference games, we have the TCU Horned Frogs take a trip to old Gerald Ford Stadium in dallas it's a battle for the iron skillet blake uh frogs favored by two and a half this line opened i believe as a pick so looks like the money is kind of falling on the fort worth side of things how are you feeling about this game uh and do you think tcu and sunny dykes will get a win over his old uh old squad uh down in dallas yeah, luck of the century, TCU minus two and a half, anything under a field goal, and I'm probably going to hit a little bit of alt-line because I don't think that these two teams are anywhere similar. I think TCU's going to blow them out. Um, obviously, biased take here, but the last two years when playing SMU, or I guess there's the pandemic, but the last two times we played SMU, like, TCU never treated SMU as our true rival. It's been Baylor since we joined the Big 12. That makes sense, but SMU... They showed up. They beat us twice in a row, and I give them credit for that, but now we care about this game. Like, not only is it the Sonny Dykes factor where he obviously cares about this game, but our players don't want to get embarrassed by the school in blue and red over in Dallas that we're going to take over their home stadium next weekend. I think it's a blowout. I know Chandler Morris probably is not going to play, but that doesn't matter because, honestly, Duggan, like, he's looked— we played absolutely nobody, but he's given spark to the offense this year that we didn't really see under Chandler Morris that first uh, Colorado game. 
Also, underrated thing, we just had a bye week last week. We've been preparing for them for two weeks. Sonny Dykes knows this roster. I know in press conferences he's saying, oh, they have a few new guys. No, he knows the main guys. I'm not worried about this. I think this is going to be a fun game. I hope it's heated. I hope it's lively because honestly, like even though we've lost the last two years, it's been fun to have a second rival like this, but I think we blow them out of the water. Give me TCU minus two and a half. Play this. If you can get alt lines anywhere, just play this up. Have some fun with this because I really think TCU is just going to put a masterclass on them. Fair enough. And f- frankly, like there's no person who knows more about SMU being able to upset TCU like Sonny Dykes, the guy who literally authored most of those. Yes, so. like they SMU fans forget. They always are on our message boards and our mentions, <laughs> things like this that they're like, we don't really want Sonny Dykes. Like Sonny Dykes made your program relevant again. Like I know you didn't reach like to the top of the American, but you actually had decent teams that had football that you wanted to watch each week. I'm not so sure you want to give that up, and I think, like, they really underestimate that. I think Sonny Dykes is a perfect fit at TCU. I just, I, they just, these SMU fans are delusional. They get a little bit of taste of success, and they can't get off our message board, so (laughs) it's gonna, I want, I want bloodshed. If we're up by 70 in the fourth quarter, I'm staying. I'm not leaving. I want to see the tears. The five SMU fans that exist, I want to see the tears roll down their face (laughs) as their former head coach beats them. We're painting DFW purple this weekend. Give me the frogs. I love it. Jameson, who do you got? Yeah, I'm also going to ECU. I think the Max Duggan insertion might hurt um, Oklahoma fans' feelings, but honestly, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, probably the best move. Chandler Morris didn't really seem like all of his um, game was in place in the first couple games. And having a guy like Max Duggan coming into a rivalry game like this, you just feel a little bit more confident because of he's been there and done that. And then plus, Sonny Dykes has legitimately been there and done that at SMU. I, I just feel I feel pretty good about TCU here. Fair enough. Kai, who do you got? I'm not going to lie. So I did about 10 minutes of research for this game earlier in the day. And about nine of those minutes were dedicated to figuring out why SMU named their stadium after President Ford when he had no association, uh, no association to SMU whatsoever. And then I realized that it's not named after Gerald R. Ford. It's named after Gerald J. Ford, who was not the president. Uh, So that answered that question for me. So then I had one minute to figure out who was going to cover this game here. And I think the obvious answer was TCU minus 2.5, like we had all done. But then I remembered. Then I remembered my good buddy, my good buddy in real life, uh, who... For for reasons you know that shall not be mentioned, uh, we we passed a we passed a difficult course together, uh, Tanner Mordecai and I, on uh, on coding and in business things. And I, I can tell you that that boy can code and I cannot. Uh, we both got the same grades, but uh, we'll leave that at that. Uh, another thing I'll tell you about Tanner Mordecai, he's not six three. I know that for for certain because he's about at or below my height, and I'm six foot even. But uh, I like SMU in this one just because I like to be contrarian and uh, I think it would be very, very neat to see the SMU ponies cheat their way into a, uh, into a win here at uh, their stadium, not named after president Ford who fun fact was not born uh, president Ford. He was originally born like Leslie something. 
completely different name and uh, change. No, that's true. You can look it up. I just don't remember off off the top of my head. But um, yeah, I like uh, SMU ponies in this one. Wow. Well, Leslie Leslie Lynch King Jr. was his birth name. Unfortunate, but anyways. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so you're going to be, this is going to be a four, four straight uh, island boy. All of us have had our turn as the island boy. Uh, and this time it's high because I'm also riding with the frogs here big time. Like I said, Sonny Dykes and, um, you know, and, and his SMU teams used to be the only reason that scared me the hell out of this game. Because I, I had been burnt by him time after time after time. But this man knows what this team is. He knows how to beat them. And I, I think TCU is going to run away with this one. I, I really don't really, I don't see why the line is the way it is because um, maybe because TCU played Colorado and Tarleton state. So there's not a lot of tape there, uh, especially with their bye week early, but I, I no, I, I think the frogs are going to romp here. Uh, and I think they're going to romp big um, Blake. I think you, you need to exit stage left real quick. Cause I think we need to have a little intermission uh, to talk about some kind of serious ish. So, uh, Bedlam, it's over, I guess. Uh, so just quick little sidebar on this. Uh, Jameson, are you surprised that uh, Oklahoma State decided not to uh, renew Bedlam? No, we knew this was going to happen all along. I, I understand everyone's been up in arms about it, but we knew this was coming. Um, I understand everyone's frustrated about it, but didn't we know this already? Like, why is everyone so stunned and so angry about it? I understand it's kind of a big deal because we're losing an in-state rival, but this was kind of understood, especially when OU is going to an SEC conference that is going to have nine non-conference games. Like, like, come on now. It, it, things in just don't add up. Nine in-conference, excuse me, nine in-conference games. Like, things just don't add up. And it's a shame that we have to lose OSU. But we have our number one rivalry game still, and that's Texas. And yes, it sucks losing a number two rivalry game, but we will always have Texas, and honestly, that's what matters the most. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think maintaining Texas was a bigger deal there. But Ty, your thoughts on the loss of the Bedlam game? Uh, basically, same thing. Surprised? Upset? Yeah, not surprised. It is It is unfortunate, all joking aside, uh, and, and hopefully we will be able to work in some some neat matchups, you know, or there's always the chance of a, a bowl game matchup. It seems like nowadays OU is just stacking those. Oh, if only they met in a bowl game uh, matchup uh, for the whole nation to hope for, but it is unfortunate to, uh, to see him go, but I think it's uh, OSU fans are, are sort of flaunting it as, Oh, like this is what you guys get for leaving. And it's almost like someone coming out with like, I don't know, a documentary about how the food at a certain restaurant is unhealthy for you. And then that restaurant banning the person. It's like, yeah, okay. Like it doesn't really, it's like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's like Russia banning the Ukrainian president from coming to Russia. It's like, oh, I didn't want to come anyways. So cool. So yeah, OSU fans are understandably hurt and I don't want to kick them while they're down too much, but it's, it is a, it's a tremendous loss for OU at the same time. It is not at all a loss for OU. Yeah, no, I, I agree because, and I think Bob Soup's kind of put it perfectly. He's like, y'all know who we're coming, who who we're bringing in. He was like, he put it, per he put it perfectly. I apologize. Um, he's like, we're bringing in like good games. We're not like in the SEC. We're not going to have any problem 
without losing Bedlam. And, you know, I, I think sadly that's part of it. I think we'll gain new rivals. Bedlam kind of came to fruit, like it, it came to be what it was in the 2000s because we lost Nebraska. It took Nebraska's place. And just as, as Bedlam took Nebraska's place, something else is going to take the place of Bedlam. It sucks. I, I hate it. Um, you know, honestly, I, I wish something could have been done about it. Uh, but unfortunately, that's just how this goes. This is the second time OU's been through this, um, you know, and it just happens. So uh, it, it's definitely a definitely a bummer. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't think you can explicitly blame Oklahoma State. Uh, I think they're making a, a good business decision on their end. Uh, obviously, they'd have to bend over backwards to make that happen. But ultimately, that's just that's just how, how the realignment business goes. Um, it's it's not the worst thing in the world for either school. So I'll just say it. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Blake, welcome back. Uh, I don't know I, if you want to you, comment on that or not. Or Yeah, you kind of saved it at the end. I love how Bobby phrased it as, what do y'all feel about OSU not renewing the rivalry like it's an OSU issue? Come on, man. We know who this is. Y'all chased a bag. Y'all got your bag. And the rivalry's done. It's like, it obviously makes sense that OSU's not going to chase that because it's an automatic loss basically for them every year. It's cool. Like last year, it was awesome the years that they do win. But like, it really sucks. It's like, this is what I, the reason why I hate realignment so much is just from the fact that it ruins these rivalries that we just try to create or manufacture these new ones in the new conferences, which I think, like, OU-OSU, even though OU dominates the rivalry, it makes an interesting game, and whenever OSU does win, it makes it even more interesting. So, I think it's a shame. I hope that later on down the line, maybe we get kind of like a revival of like a head-and-head, head, like the Backyard Brawl, or some of these other ones, uh, I guess OU-Nebraska being another example. Like, I want it to come back at some point. Give it a little time. I'm just hoping, like... Well, and think about this, Blake. Bedlam in the playoff. The, yeah, the expansion's that... coming. Can't tell me that wouldn't be pretty cool. No, I think that would be awesome. And I'm just like, I'm really hoping wherever we're going with college football in the future, like we kind of get, I think the one thing the NFL does right is how they schedule games and how they can kind of manufacture drama. I would love that for college football. I would love, like, obviously, like Bedlam's probably not going to happen every single year, but I'm tired of teams like, of ADs making decisions about scheduling. That's how we lost Texas, Texas A&M, and how they postured for years. I like seeing good games. Like, we saw it with the Backyard Brawl this year. It was an interesting game. It's infinitely better than adding an FCS or a weak G5 opponent to your conference and trying to sell tickets. It's like, tickets are sold with good matchups. So... I'm just like, I'm hoping we can get to the point where there's some authority that helps with scheduling outside of ADs and conferences because they suck at it. For sure. I I'm with you, Blake. We need a super league. In a way, right, yes. Blake, 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 right? I know Ty's shaking his head, but the SEC released their schedule yesterday in the middle of the season. Like, Stupid. what are you doing? Like, wait till the end of the year when we need stuff to talk about. Like, college ADs and college commissioners can't schedule worth crap and, like, get, like, butts and seats. Because that's really, like, I, that's what I want. Like, I want interesting matchups. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, all right. Uh, that was a good, very, very obviously planned, uh, not impromptu at all sidebar. Hey everybody, it's Bobby Howard, and before we start the show, I just kind of want to talk to y'all for a second. 
Lately, I've been listening to a lot of college football preview podcasts, and, you know, it's it's really been great. It's gotten me hyped for the season, and one reason it's been great to listen to is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. You know, I really like the versatility of Raycons. If you're really wanting to lock in, really just immerse yourself in what you're doing, that is where the noise isolation feature comes in. Just block everything out. It's great. But you know what? Sometimes you can't just, you know, shell yourself off. So that's where you go to awareness mode, where you can have some audio come in. You can do errands. You can act like a normal human being and uh, still listen to what you want. So I feel like that's actually pretty great. The Raycons really are great, though, whenever I'm not editing the podcast. Just kick back, listen to some red dirt. Feels like you're right in the middle of Kane's ballroom. It's great. I love it. So look, if you want to be like me, jump on the Raycon train. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. One more time, that is buyraycon.com slash TPPN. Use promo code TPPN15. That's TPPN15. Let's get back to the games, and let's go to the game that I think should have been college game day. The game of the week that I love. It's undefeated Duke at undefeated Kansas. The Jayhawks favored by seven and a half. David Booth Memorial Stadium is going to be rocking for this one. Uh, Blake, or yeah, who? wait, who? it's been a while since we've run this one. It's actually me. Yeah, um, no, it's definitely you. <laughs> I love the Jayhawks here. I, I Obviously, Duke has uh, overperformed a little bit. But this Kansas team is actually good. It's not like a joke good. It's not like a meme good. They're actually kind of good. What Lance Leipold has done at KU has been one of the best coaching, like one of the best coaching jobs I've ever seen. Um, so frankly, I'm absolutely all in on the Jayhawks here. I think seven and a half at home. Uh, very solid. I, this is a fan base who, I mean, we see it for basketball. They can get up for games. Um, just give them a reason to cheer. I think they'll pack it out. And I think they um, obviously have, uh, you know, animosity towards Duke from various basketball moments. But uh, I think they go in, get a get a really good dub here. They faced way harder opponents than Duke so far, and they've won by more. So uh, give me the Jayhawks here uh, to take out Duke at home and keep the unbeaten streak going. Rank Kansas, you cowards. Ty. You've been a Jayhawk lover for a while. How good does this feel? How good does it feel to see this? I absolutely love this because Duke is not good. They are not, they're undefeated, but they're, they're a worse, they're a worse, worse than Kansas. I don't know. Um, yeah, but I, I love this one. It's, I think it's hilarious that they're facing each other, two huge basketball schools, like you said. Uh, this might be uh, for these fan bases. I guess Duke, I'm, I'm not sure who they support football-wise, but I could see this one weirdly being one that both fan bases are like really into just because of the basketball tie-in. Uh, so 
I just I I love this matchup, but I got to ride with with the Jayhawks and with the Shield. Uh, I think seven and a half is a little much because who knows? You know, it is Kansas. It's it's uh, I don't even know what to compare it to, but it's like at, at this point they just keep chugging along when no one thought that they could, but you just know it's going to collapse spectacularly at any moment. So I'm going cautious, optimistic with the Jayhawks. I think certainly against Duke, they have two threes and a layup in them to get the cover. Fair enough. Jameson, who do you got here? Even though they've shunned your bean man. Yes, but it was a blessing because Jane Daniels has been awesome. Honestly, playing like honestly, is there a quarterback actually playing better than him this season? Like actually playing better than it's, him this season? It's, it's like it Caleb is. Williams. I think he's number. I think it's him number. Like if you want to go the actual statistics, it's him number one, and then Max Duggan number two. It's like <laughs> and great Max team. Duggan they barely played, even yeah, played like, the first game. Yeah, <laughs> but that's like the advanced analytics, but. I think his actual statistics back it up. Like Jalen Daniels, awesome. He has been awesome. Like I'm really impressed with Jalen. And to be honest with you, looking at this in the line, I was like, oh, I'm picking Kansas. We're not even going to think about it. Bobby puts up the graphics. I don't see sad boy Kansas uh, old graphic, and it oh, makes that, me oh. sad. Oh, I, yeah, I want to see I, long long leg Jayhawk. I don't yeah, like Marcel these short Michelle. legs. That, Yes, I don't like the short-legged shoe Jayhawk. Um, I, I need to see some long legs. Uh, but I'm picking Kansas here. I love it. Duke, it's kind of like big thing with them being undefeated. They beat Northwestern. He beat Nebraska. And people thought that was a good win for Northwestern. Northwestern lost to Southern Illinois. Okay, next. The Salukis. Uh, Blake, who do you got here? Uh, yeah, I'm not differing here. I like Kansas. I think the only thing that worries me about this game is the line opened higher and the money has been coming heavily in on Duke, which worries me a little bit. But like you said, Bobby, they've Kansas has played two better teams. I think West Virginia is a better team and I think Houston's a better team and played them on the road. So I'm excited to see the KU whatever that atmosphere is like on game day because I don't think we've seen it really in our lifetime like I know like probably the Orange Bowl team but we were we weren't young enough to like be like we didn't understand I feel like we did yeah I was what you're talking about 2008 Kansas yeah yeah but yeah we were in in sixth grade that was (laughs) we were definitely old enough to be conscious of what was going on or yes, like conscious enough going on, but like understanding game day atmospheres and stuff. Like, could you tell me off the top of your head? Because I don't know. Like, what's the game day atmosphere like at Kansas? Like in two thousand eight. I can tell this you. Guy, what I remember it being like pretty good. Yeah. I can tell you okay. it was kind of like in two thousand seven seventeen, but uh, I don't really remember a lot. I, of that I hope somebody fact checks us, and it's like their games at the end of the year has like no fans in the stands, and the, I just no, assumed it's no. good. I think they, they used to be one of those track stadiums, a, like where they had, had a track. See that? Yeah. <laughs> they got that worries me. They got rid of the track. They don't have the track anymore. Wasn't it kind of close when OU went up there with with Sam Bradford for like a quarter or so? I think so. I mean, the, he, he threw or, a touchdown pass to uh, Chris Brown, I think, on the right, sort of the right back corner. The, I, the Yeah, the right side of the end zone, and then that sort of shut it. I Weirdly, I remember this. That's 100%. Okay. You can look that up. Uh, but, I, yeah, it that had a good atmosphere familiar. for a little bit. No, that's I remember that occurring. I, 
I'm not familiar enough yeah. with Sam Bradford uh, versus Kansas games, but yeah, just give me Jalen Daniels and Kansas. I yeah, I think they're going to be a solid team. I don't. I'm not gassing them up. They're not going to win the Big Twelve, but I think they're going to be solid. So give me Kansas. fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's move on. The University of Texas responded from their, um, as some described it on Twitter, program-defining win against UTSA. Uh, They they got the cover. They got the win. Good job, Texas, on bouncing back against your, uh, you know, in-school system opponent. Uh, Anyways, the Horns, favored by six and a half on the road at Jones AT&T Stadium. Maybe a little low. Blake, what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I'm taking Texas. I hate Texas Tech, and I it's been very obvious with my picks this year. I haven't picked them once. I'm under on them on my win total. I still don't believe in them. I know Jameson loves a little bit of Donovan Smith in his life, but he has not—I'm not a big fan of him and what the Texas defense can do. Although they struggled against UTSA, like, Texas was dealing with a situation where they didn't have a 100% quarterback— and they finally woke up in at halftime, and it's like, oh, like let's just hand it off to Bijan Robinson a billion times, and he sh- can win us this game. And I think he can probably do the same thing against Texas Tech. Like I think Card, I don't trust him to throw the ball that much, but I trust Bijan Robinson just to run it down Texas Tech's throat. I think Texas Tech's defense has honestly been pretty decent this year. Like it's a lot better. They honestly performed well on the defensive end versus uh nc state i know some sacks and turnovers put them in bad situations but uh i'm just taking texas i think Bijan robinson that's a good uh avenue that they can take whenever they have their backs against the wall and i think they can just run it down texas tech's throat so give me the longhorns mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna go texas as well i think another week to get hudson card healthy with the ankle um and like we, like you said, Bijan Robinson might be too much for Texas Tech. To be honest with you, I understand some people are seeing this year in college football that it's. I feel like defense have done really well against scheming against big time running backs, um, really forcing quarterbacks to throw. But Texas has enough talent on the wide receiving end and Hudson Card as well to get over this spread in six and a half. I feel good about Texas. Fair enough, Ty. Who do you got? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what I we played. Uh, Kansas and OU in 2008. So I, I'm not really sure what I was remembering, but yeah, I think tech or tech does not have it in them. Uh, I think, you know, Texas obviously seen some stumbles, but you certainly cannot discount what we saw against Alabama and, and, and what they're building. And like uh, I think Jamison mentioned, it's, if it just turns into up the middle, you know, Bijan Robinson gets 50 attempts on the ground, uh, Texas will still win by at least seven. So give me the horns to uh, take the cover and the victory against Tech. Okay. You know, by the way, on that last note on that Kansas thing, I think you're talking about 09 uh, with Landry Jones. Uh, so the so the year right after – the year Bradford got hurt, um, we played him. Perhaps. Lot, it was a, and yeah, I remember perhaps. that being a good game. Yeah, that, that comes to mind. It was a good game in 2008 as well. Kansas scored five touchdowns on us. Kansas did not have a single scoring drive that lasted more than two minutes in Norman, which is just crazy. Yeah, I remember that one. That was a good one. Uh, who? Oh, it was uh, who was their quarterback then? Oh, Tommy Reese, I think. Yeah, good times. Anyways, uh, moving. Oh, not moving on yet. Um, 
I got Texas as well. Uh, I will say Texas Tech is not as bad as I projected them to be uh, to, to start the season. I thought they fought pretty good against uh, NC State, made that game a lot more interesting than I thought they would. Um, but at the same time, I think this Texas team is just too good uh, to echo a lot of the sentiments y'all have. I think Bijan Robinson alone is too good uh, for Texas to lose this game. The line's too low. I, I don't really know what uh, Vegas is seeing here with uh, Texas Tech. I, I think once again, they valued um, they're overvaluing the Red Raiders. So uh, give me the Longhorns by six and a half. Bobby, the Tech fans would be telling you that it's that great Texas Tech home crowd that ranks 8th out of attendance in the Big 12 that's really giving them the home edge this weekend. Like, Ooh, give me Hey, Blake, they got their first sellout since 2019. Ooh, there wow. we go. Yeah, hey, they, they, needed, they needed a marketing push to sell out the Texas game. And, gee, I wonder how many of those tickets uh, uh, went to Texas fans. Hmm. And hey, that's... I, Go ahead, Jameson. No, I, I just, I'm just loving you talk about Texas Tech. What? It's like it's they're definitely doing some sort of scam. Like, oh, give the teachers, the kids, the tickets. We can call it a sellout. Like they're just doing one of those things. SMU does similar tactics with it. They post their anybody in the DFW area that wants to go to an SMU game. Besides, I guess this one coming up this weekend can go. And like, good for Tech. They're trying to get people there, but like. Don't be talking about how y'all have the best home crowd atmosphere because nobody wants to go to your games. So you have a bunch of, and here's the thing. The students really only care for the games that people watch on TV. So Texas and OU, other than that, you know, they just go tailgate the whole time. They don't even go into the games if you're not OU or Texas. So I, I, I'm with you, Blake. Screw Texas Tech. I, I don't think their fans are that good. I want to hey, see comments. Uh, I want to see cactuses in all of my comments. Programming note, Bobby, it's Todd Reesing um, for the Kansas quarterback. You're thinking of Tommy Reese, the no Notre Dame offensive coordinator that was yelling yeah. at Drew Pond. Oh, I don't shoot. know how I got that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, Todd Reesing, Tommy Reese, uh, you know, same same difference, clearly. It, it's okay. That, that name was it. That was honestly hilarious what poor Drew Pine had to go through. <laughs> oh, my God. Hilarious. Let's move on to the game that everybody's excited about. Everybody wants to watch the real prime time matchup in the evening on Saturday. It's the Kansas State Wildcats traveling to Norman to take on the Oklahoma Sooners. Sooners favored by 13 here. Um, and look, I, I know I've been, you know, pretty big on K-State. And I think they're still a staunch opponent. I, th I think this is OU's toughest, toughest opponent so far by far especially after that uh, bad display against Nebraska. But here's my thing. OU is not going to overlook Kansas State like they have in the past. This is, a, this is a game I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to win decisively. I think it's going to be tricky. But what? <laughs> Everyone's laughing, and I don't really know why. No, I'm but, laughing because I saw something I wasn't supposed to see on Ty's screen. I I, I I got a spoiler, but just keep going. Is he about to Well, throw... no, 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 it's dependent. It's dep is he about what to throw up a hedgehog? What comes about... after butt, Bobby? What do you mean, butt? What do you mean? Oh, what do I mean, who are you, who are you picking? Oh, he's going oh, oh, to win, win big, big, but not like... But, but they're not going to blow K-State out. They cover 13. They're going to cover 13. That line is a sweetheart. And I truly think that OU is going to come out focused. They're a different ball club. And 
more than anything, this Kansas State offense is just really one-dimensional. I think Adrian Martinez absolutely isn't it. All of y'all were totally no. Get that hedgehog away from me. Get that hedgehog away from he's me. He's looking. He's he's just making sure. I have learned new information and I'm adapting to it. I'm I'm. Can't a man be wrong and admit when he's wrong? Uh, and look, I I think I think Adrian Martinez still will have success against some teams, but not Oklahoma. OU's going to come out fired up under the lights. Uh, this game is starting an hour after uh, the the previous game, so there'll be more lights, I guess. Um, but I, I think OU and Brent Venables, Brent Venables isn't going to lose to his alma mater, um, not in game one. Give me the Sooners to cover 13. I just rambled a bunch, but OU minus 13 is the play. Ty, who do you got? Throw up yeah. the hedgehog. So we have, no, I thought you sounded like you were going to be hedging something and then I started pulling it out. I didn't mean <laughs> for Jameson to see, but then I had to mention it uh, when he saw and started laughing. But uh what I was going to say is we've yet to see four quarters of OU football in any game this season. We just haven't. We've we've seen that Venables uh, is not a keep-your-foot-on-the-gas kind of guy, at least offensively, uh, which I think is good. It's not the BCS era. It's not just a, a heartless algorithm that you must appease by just burning someone into the ground. Uh, he understands. They haven't been can... able to burn people in the first half for their first yes, two we games. Have. Yes, we have. No, nope. yes. look at the halftime. Look at the halftime box that. scores, Ty. We Stop. What? Did we... you see the Nebraska game? We do not run an Yeah, but like Bobby, that. what what happened to your first two games? Look at the half times. You're not we burning run, people out of the gates. You're not burning. You think they were using the full playbook? Bobby, look at yeah. two different excuse. things. Hold on. That is my favorite two excuse. Different things. You're um, saying they're burning them like in the beginning and then just letting their foot off the gas. Oh, you, their first are. two we, games had to put their foot no. on the gas after the second half. Y'all are yes. arguing two different things. No. That's, and there's no there's no argument here. Blake is saying that obviously the first two games sucked, and then Bobby's talking about Nebraska. So this is completely separate. No, yeah, but, but Ty's Blake, saying Blake Ty's saying understand. they let their foot off the gas at the we end have. of the game. We have let our foot off the gas in every. Yeah, but you game. put your foot on the gas at halftime because for two we or three, three games for, for, the, for the Kent offense, State. Though. For the Kent State game, we let it off in the fourth quarter. We did everything in the third quarter. No, that's yeah. what I'm saying, Bobby, or that's what I'm saying, Jameson. I'm saying you put your foot on the gas at halftime because y'all haven't had good first half performances in two of your three games yeah. and i don't but think y'all did neither of them neither of them we played in the fourth we have let up in every single game in the fourth hey, whether or not we've sort of struggled and had to adjust yeah but you're acting like you're that's what i'm saying is you're acting like your foot's on the gas the entire time you played like one quarter of football no for my two entire statement games. is that we that's exactly what i just said we haven't seen four quarters of of football yes but you said because they let their foot off the gas as the reasoning right. which implies that three quarters of like three quarters of it you've put your foot on the gas this, this okay. is splitting hairs. let's move on this yeah what i was gonna yeah, say yeah. what i was gonna say is i think this is gonna be our first game of the season where we see ou first string solid effort throughout we start to see some new stuff in the playbook so give me ou i think we have the 13 but i think it's going to be a little bit more competitive than our previous game certainly for mm-hmm. sure yeah i i this game scared me honestly with this line in k-state i i think that k-state's a good team and they didn't game plan enough for that two-lane game i think it showed uh i think that they've been thinking about this game for a while because obviously it has a lot of significance uh and oh you just got a target on their back um big 12 play right now it's time 
And whether we like to say it or not, Texas and OU, everyone's looking for us. We are the enemy that they're going to put on their whiteboards every single um, week. This is a team that a lot of people are going to get fired up to play. Hey, if look, freshmen, sophomores, look what Oklahoma and Texas is doing to y'all. Um, completely abandoning us and putting us in a bad position. That could be changing your career. There's going to be a lot of angry people here um, playing in this football game. But here's the kicker. I would have picked K-State to cover this if it was an 11 a.m. game. But with it being a 7 o'clock game, I just think the home atmosphere just takes it over. I could see this being a little bit dicey in the first quarter, back and forth. But I think OU wins by about 17 here. I think that's a good pick. Uh, Blake, who do you got? Yeah, I'm back in the other side. I'm taking K-State. I think Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez. We've seen Adrian Martinez play OU close once. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, I think, is still one of the best running backs in the U.S. And a little fun stat for you. Every time Chris Kleiman, Bobby's Bobby's lover boy, has played OU, it's been a double-digit line every single time. K-State's won twice and has covered the other time. So three times. I'm feeling a little comfortable with this. I think last week's Tulane loss, I could chalk it up to the fact they are looking ahead. I think Jameson's analysis is right that OU does have a target on their back, and I think K-State can keep this close. So 13 points is a lot of points, so I will be taking the K-State Wildcats. Fair enough. Um, And uh, let's be honest, uh, didn't work out to you. Didn't work out for you well last time, so hoping you're yep. left upon that island uh, once again uh, in terms of fading the Sooners. Let's move on to what I think we all agree is our favorite pick of the week. Why are the brakes working? Because I cut the brakes! Wild car, bitches! Yeah! What? Oh, Jesus! Oh, God! Oh, God! Oh, Blake. You kick us off here. What is your wild card pick? So going back to the well with one of my favorites, one of, I would say, the most profitable teams this year for me, give me the UNLV Rebels versus Utah State Aggies. (laughs) Minus two and a half, minus three on the road. This is like the first time I believe in my life that I've seen the UNLV Rebels get points on the road they are favored they are a road favorite for the first time and i've been talking about them all year doug brumfeld ricky white they have some elite weapons and we're looking not only to cash the over of the win total of four and a half wins we're looking maybe like i don't i hope it's not because i have a lot a lot of futures on air force but could this be a team that wins the Mountain West? Probably not, but they're making things interesting. They blew out UNT last week, kept it close with Cal, and honestly, I was a Cal hater. I loved Ty's pick last week. I absolutely adored that Notre Dame cover, but Cal played it close, and I have to give him the respect, and so did UNLV. So I like UNLV this week. Logan Bonner hasn't been it this year for some reason. They had a dynamic offense last year in the Mountain West. They struggled against uh, they struggled against UConn, then obviously went to Bama. You don't expect anything from Bama. And then last week, who did they play? Oh, yes, Weber State, an outright lost, 35-7 to an FCS team. Granted, Weber State, a good FCS team, but still outright lost at home versus an FCS team. You can't excuse that. 
they weren't looking ahead to UNLV, so I love that tasty two and a half, three, whatever you can get at the draft uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. I will take give me the Rebs. Love to see it. Love to see Draft uh, DraftKings has it at two and a half. Oh baby, even better. There you go. Love that. Love that. Uh Jameson, who do you got? While we say we love our sponsor, DraftKings, sign up promo code TPPN, I've got something I have to say negative about them. How dare they not put Texas State Houston Baptist on this slate? I had it pegged (laughs) the whole time. After I watched this whole Texas State Baylor game, oh my God, I loved what I saw from Texas State. I don't know what happened in that Nevada game. I don't, because I didn't watch that game. But my eyes told me, damn. That Texas State team, not bad. I know they didn't cover versus Baylor, but they were on that side of the 50 too many times where that ain't going to happen again. DraftKings, I'm disappointed in y'all. Y'all should have made a line for that Houston Baptist game. <laughs> they will. Houston they Baptist. will. Come Saturday. They do They do the FC, FCS lines like Friday or Saturday. There you go. All right. Hey, can we make a provision that no matter what that line is, can I take the Texas State? No matter what it is. Yes, if, if, they, sure. if DraftKings puts it up, I'm picking Texas State no matter the number. We'll give you the blind boy pick. And then I'll do a backup pick if they never end up putting up a line. How about that? Okay, I'll that's pick fair. Alabama minus 40 and a half. Versus <laughs> no! no! Not against Vanderbilt! No! <laughs> I know we got our win total, but no! <laughs> that, that will be my backup pick. Because Vanderbilt's defense is atrocious. Absolutely no. atrocious. I so how, wait, how much did they scoring within two minutes? How much did uh did Vandy beat NIU by? Like fourteen. Uh, I like think, right? oh, good on something. them. Yeah. See, I they were, they were losing for a lot of that game. Though, yes, they were, and I was panicking, but we <laughs> cashed the win total. I told y'all that was my luck of the year. Over two and a half wins, Vanderbilt. Right, so cashed I hope, by I hope you pop a tiny bottle of champagne for that. So, line man, I need you to be on the lookout for a Texas State Houston Baptist line on DraftKings oh. Sportsbook. Fun it. fact about Houston Baptist, they are no longer going to go by Houston Baptist as of today. They are going to change to Houston Christian University. Oh. So, getting non They're going to do the Grand Canyon rebrand and choose, like, take TCU's branding and just <laughs> ro- invert it and add an H, just like Grand Canyon added a C to R. So, are they actually? No, I just, okay. I just have, a, I have a hunch. I have a hunch. Fair enough. They'll change their colors to purple. There you go. Uh, Ty, who do you got? Here's the deal. Sometimes when you're an investor into a wild card team, it's like being an investor in the real world when profit is your only motivation. Greed, as we all know, is good. And sometimes you must put your morals aside like someone who just got a fat job offer from Saudi Aramco and go with the money. And that, of course, means that for the, is it the third or the fourth week in a row? I, I don't even know. USC. We're going, you got to go with the 2021 OU Sooners, uh, plus a few transfers and moved out west, just like the Grapes of Wrath. They, times got hard and they moved on west to California. And now they are just absolutely taking a team that was garbage in the Big 12, couldn't even beat Oklahoma State, and they're running amok. What does that tell you about the state of the Pac-12? We don't know because they haven't played within the Pac-12, but here they go. They're playing against Oregon State, who, to Oregon State's credit, is currently undefeated and has performed 
decently in some of their games. Oregon State, it cannot be discounted that they have six interceptions already this year, which is even considering their schedule, you know, three games in, that's a pretty fair stat to have uh, facing up against a much smarter, much more developed Caleb Williams to his credit. But here's the scary thing. Oregon State allowed 28 points to Montana State. Certainly these USC Trojans that we've seen flashing around scoreboards throughout football uh, this year, according to DraftKings, as of time of recording, DraftKings right now, if you don't believe me, 5.5 for USC. Are you kidding me? Give me USC minus 5.5. I understand they're going to Oregon State. I understand Oregon State's undefeated. I don't believe in the Trojans. They're going to drop some games, but I do not think that this is the one. It is not spooky beaver season yet. There is a tremendous heat wave out there. The spooky beavers are just trying to stay alive in the heat. I don't think they have much air conditioning up there. It's actually a serious problem that we we shan't joke about. But uh, yeah, <laughs> give me the Trojans <laughs> minus 5.5. Uh, I think the line on ESPN is not as good because they don't have our wonderful sponsor at DraftKings. But as of time of recording, about 9 o'clock Wednesday night, it is minus 5.5, which I cannot believe. Give me the Trojans. It is 5.5, and I'm I'm a little upset because – I look, I've been on the – I've been on Oregon State to beat USC since preseason. I have been all the way on Oregon State since preseason – I've been biding my time. First game up against Rice. Not going to do it. Rice is garbage. Next up, Stanford. Not happening. Stanford's also garbage on the road. Don't feel it. Then we have Fresno. Also not feeling it. Love Jake Hayner. But I, I felt like USC was better. But on the road in Corvallis, that's it. That's the treat right there. I have been saying this for months. Lincoln Riley, this is exactly the trap game that gets him. Going to Corvallis, night game, weird situation, weird city, and they get bit. I think the Spooky Beavers come through big, get the win, and, uh, you know. Yes. Frankly, I don't care that the points fell because I don't need the points. I'm not going to commit them to Moneyline because we don't do that here. But I'm just saying, I love Oregon State here. Uh, they've looked fun. They've looked exciting. And I, I think USC finally shows its first kind of cracks in the armor here. So give me the Beavers covering five and a half uh, plus five and a half. I Blake, love it. I love it for the content. Blake, you're, uh, you, look, you look like you're scheming over there. What do, you, do you have anything up, up, up your uh, sleeve? I was hoping maybe I was thinking about using my pot of greed this week. I'm not going to use it just yet, but a game that I had an eye on and was hoping one of y'all chose New Mexico state versus Hawaii. I thought about it. I thought one of y'all were going to choose Hawaii and I was going to be all over the Maggie's or oh, yeah, the Aggies. That New is, Mexico state minus five. I liked it. I, I like it. About. I just like it as its own. I, I yep. I thought about it, but I thought, what of y'all? What of y'all sickos are gonna choose that dirty matchup? <laughs> no, we all we all are educated uh, gentlemen here. We know that Hawaii is overrated this season. We 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 that has been covered uh, ad nauseum. 
So well, their their coach, their coach is named Timmy, and you can't trust anyone whose name ends with a Y. Why? Oh, That's okay. true. Jeez. Well, anyways, uh, <laughs> that's funny. That is truly one of the, the greater moments uh, on the podcast. Clearly just a, a shining example of my ability to uh, host and think on the fly. But um, anyways, guys, I think that's all we got. Uh, it's been an hour 30 into this, but uh, I think we we uh, did a good show. So um, final thoughts. Anyone want to say anything on the slate? Nope, we're good. So nope. we are going to log on off. Thank you all so much for watching or listening. Make sure to, uh, hey, and if you're in a, sp a space that you can, make sure you uh, sign up for DraftKings with promo code TPPN. Have a little fun this weekend. And then, uh, you know, maybe listen to some of those games with your new Raycon headbuds. Headbuds? E earbuds. Uh, with promo code TPPN15. Links in the bio. Uh, as always, thank you to our uh, partners at uh, TPPN. But yeah, anyways, for me, Jameson, Ty, and Boaten Blake, this has been the Weekend Spread presented by the Schooner Pod. We'll see you next week. Good luck out there. <laughs>